0: Yo, it is another edition of the High Hopes Podcast. It is a special edition. I am James Seltzer, and for once, it feels like this never gets to happen, I get to look my buddy Jack Fritz in the eyes. Fritzy. Yes,
1: so we won't get reviews about how the mic levels are it's off. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, so we won't have you sounding loud and me sounding lower because I can't figure out my mic. Um, it's <laughs> we're, big. We're, we're getting there. It's big. We're, we're getting one, there on listen, the mic this is the, listen, We're still in the infancy stage of the High Hopes Podcast. So Listen, as we grow this baby... Uh, As our listeners continue to help us grow this baby, uh, we will eventually figure out the mic situation. Also, James, it's Rangers-Forest Day.
0: Ooh! How about this, Jack? The first time a left-hander has started a game for the Phillies since 2016.
1: Yes, and that lefty is now... Bad in the bullpen. So it's great. It's all coming full circle. It's, <laughs> it has, it's, yeah. It's great. That's a good
0: point. Adam Morgan, the last lefty to start a game. Yeah. Much better in the bullpen than uh than Well, the... it
1: wasn't a... It wasn't that's a... how
0: bad a starter he was, right, right, right. Fritz. That's what I'm getting at. <laughs> all right, look. Um, we're coming off a big week so far for the Phillies. As, yeah, buddy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Look, the Dodgers come into town. They lose that first game. They're tightening it. They come back from the, what, 3 nothing deficit, then a 4-1 deficit. Take the lead, end up losing the game. Tough outing for Sir Anthony. But this team storms back, Fritzy. They take the next two games. I feel like we all like just keep saying the word resilient, but yep. I, I can't think of a better word for this team. General impressions. We'll get into the nitty-gritty of it, and we'll maybe talk about a little Chase Utley ovation as well. But uh, b- big picture, what was kind of your takeaway from We talked about it being a measuring stick yep. series.
1: Yeah, it was a measuring stick series, and that was probably the biggest series win in six years. Like it's crazy. Probably the biggest series win. Uh, the crowds are great. I know a lot of that was aided by Chase Sutley, but the fact that they came out and they played exciting ba- – that was three exciting baseball games. It was. They were long baseball games.
0: Yes. But- they were all long. <laughs> and not, the 16-inning game was long, obviously, but the others were long games yeah. as well.
1: Yeah, so they were long. But listen, I don't care if a game's long if it's exciting. So, if it's a good game, who cares? Right. What else am I doing that is better
0: right. than watching a baseball game?
1: Right. So um, so game one, um, I thought it was interesting because – they had three three mental errors that happened in that game that cost them the game, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, the you know, the early error was the Valentine mix-up. That was obviously terrible. And terrible. Lot, I
0: just, essentially allowed that run in the first inning to Yeah, skip. and
1: it was Herrera's. Herrera called him off too late. It was just bad miscommunication. And the fact that that stuff's still happening in... In end of July is bad. Yeah, if you uh, heard
0: Larry Anderson talking about it, he was not I, happy.
1: Believe it, I did, and in between breaks. Yeah, so oh, I can only imagine because <laughs> yeah. what he
0: said on the air was pretty close to a little edgy <laughs> enough as it was. What he said during the break probably a lot more edgy than <laughs> that. Right.
1: So uh, wasn't happy, believe it or not. But um, and then and then obviously you have Nick Williams was playing the ball in right field uh, that that cost him uh, another run and a double not being able to get the ball home. So. And even like, doable letting the guy get to second base there because he didn't cut it off properly. So three little things that happened in game one. But what I, what I found interesting was that um, Chase talked about how the crowds held him account- accountable during that whole run. And I think the crowd on Monday night was like, it wasn't booze. It was just like, figure it out. Like, just stop, stop doing this stuff. And I know the Phillies made minor errors the next couple of days and there's still some minor stuffs. But I think that and Brees and, and talked about it as well. Just that the 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 fans I think are beginning to hold this team accountable and it's gonna raise their level of play. And they did. They raised their level of play the next two days, big hits and big spots. Their offense is not built around like the the four hits in a row. Like that's just not their offense. And I think we have to adjust the way we watch this team because it's not how we watched baseball in this town for 130 years so (laughs) so, they're they're not that kind of offense and we have to get used to that they're just playing for the beginning that's what they're always going for they got the beginning on Tuesday and Wednesday is that sustainable not totally but it's also modern baseball
0: yeah I agree with you I think that's just the way the game is being played right now I know people went crazy with the Franco not bunting the runner over with two out or with no outs and the runner on second base and that's baseball especially with a guy like Franco who
1: Never bunts in his life.
0: Not a bunter. Like, sorry. It's a worse percentage situation to allow that guy to bunt in that situation than to swing away like he did and almost won them the baseball game in that spot. So I'm very with you on that. And
1: I was talking and, to I was actually talking to Ben Harris because he was the one that was like he was getting all angry on Twitter He He's getting all angry on Twitter about like the, the people that were saying to bunt there. And we yeah, were Yeah, talk- he had
0: a very, very sternly worded tweet. Yeah. It's basically like idiots, it's not a better percentage play. Sorry. And I was
1: like, I was like, well, what are the numbers? And he's basically said that if a runner's on second base, no outs, you have a sixty one percent chance of scoring. Rather than if he moves them over to third, you have like a forty-five percent chance I mean of that's
0: scoring. a significant difference. It really is when you're yeah. thinking about the percentages well, it's the same and the thing is, it's, amount of sample size that is
1: involved in that. It's the same exact thing as Doug going for it on fourth down. Yeah,
0: it's very. It's, it's, it's a very similar comparison. I agree. And I think also you kind of hit on it there, but in addition to a team that plays for the beginning, it, it is a team that, and you've said this multiple times on High Hope's podcasts already this season, but it's a team that's never out of a game. Which is nope. such a fun thing to have. I, I think if I could pick one hallmark in a team to have, it would be that. Just a team that, no matter what the score is, no matter what the situation is, you never believe like the game is truly over. And and that, especially for such a young team, such an inexperienced team, that's yeah, it's, it's surprising. To it see is.
1: That. It is. And I think, I wonder how. How much that has to do with their success in the minor leagues and the fact that they all won down there? It's a
0: really interesting point
1: because they all, they did.
0: They're just I mean, used to winning
1: at every level. They've won, and they may not have the most talent. The Phillies don't have the most like overwhelming talent in the league. Like you watched that Dodgers team, yeah, and it's like how did the Phillies beat this team? two it's out It's crazy. Of three? But it's just the fact that they they've come up winning. They've come up through a winning organization, um, and maybe that is maybe that has set the standard. It might be. It's a winning culture, Jack. right? It's they a- they've established a winning culture. Um, it's interesting. And, and no better example than this week. They were down 4 nothing on...
0: They were down every single game. They were down every game. They were yeah. down four runs in every game, weren't yep. they? They, well, they were down three at three. least three runs. It was yeah, 3 yeah. nothing, and then it was 4-1, I think, in every single game except the final game where they went down one nothing and then just Came took back. the big lead and but again down in every single game yep. it almost feels like the first inning they're going to give up a run and then they're going to storm back that's just the formula for this Man, team what is they got to figure out like they got to figure, figure out. out the first inning and anything. especially like i think something you mentioned on before that that i don't think we can underrate this team is playing way too poorly defensively this deep into a season. I, I don't think you're going to argue with that. Nope. I, I mean, it cost them game one. It could have cost them game two. I mean, that first inning was a, a comedy of errors. I don't know what Andrew Nat was thinking throwing the ball into center field on a walk. It was the ball was in the dirt. It's not like, oh, it could. He, but, it was a walk. You know, you gotta know the situation there. Be better, but and and Nap obviously some struggles defensively to begin with. But he's but also been he their can best. Hit a bit. Their best, exactly. Hitter. No, I'm 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 fine with him be, getting playing time. Well, especially when you look at the bench I and mean, when whether it's him or Alfaro on the bench, the fact that your backup catcher is far and away your best hitting bench guy. We'll get to that coming up. <laughs> but um, look, 57 and 44, Jack. This team is in first place, a game and a half up on the Braves. We'll get to Ranger Suarez making mm. the start later tonight. I want to hear your take mm. on Suarez. I'm excited to hear what you have to say. Uh, I believe in the Baseball American midseason rankings. He was their number seven prospect according to them, and yeah. and that's the interesting thing with the Phillies list is they vary so much because there's so much quantity of quality and different you know judgments by different outlets and all that. But um, all right, this Dodgers series, a couple things I want to note on before we get to the whole chase of it all. But uh, Reese Hoskins, four homers in five days. I know the whole the whole home run derby ruins the swing crowd. Probably not feeling too good right now, but helped him. It, it look, I think it might have. What what have you seen from Reese in these you know six games since the break that makes you feel like he's about to go on a serious role here?
1: Well, I just think that the home run derby it instilled even more about figuring out his launch angle. I totally
0: agree with you. Like, you could see it. You could see him doing the math in the derby.
1: Well, and his home, his home run on on Monday night was he almost went down to a knee, yes. but he knew he had to get to that angle to get the ball and and yank it out of the ballpark. It's I think it it made him think about home runs more and more, which. Just unlocks another level of Reese mm-hmm. that I don't know if I'm ready for. But every <laughs> like he he every since he's come back from the break, I feel like he could have had he could have four home runs and a doubleheader on Sunday. Yeah,
0: well that game he could have five hits in that game. The, the Travis Janikowski steals the homer. Yep. It felt like every ball he hit was hit hard on a nose. It just seemed to be right to a fielder every time.
1: Every single game he has been smoking balls. It's 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 great. Um, and he's starting to to ascend to a, a like a I think he could be the second star on a good team. Like On a great team. On a really good team. Yeah, right. I like I think Reese Hoskins is a star, but he's not like the like the Harper, Machado, that kind of Mike star. Mike Trout, like the top like a, top level. I, I was thinking about his comp today. For some reason I stumbled across like his baseball reference page. He might be my uh Mark Teixeira. Two set 265 hitters, yeah. 360 OBP, 35 homers a year. I could see that. That's exactly what I'm picturing of Reese Hoskins. Teixeira wasn't the best player in, on the 2009 Yankees. It no. was A-Rod. But I think Reese is getting to the point where he can...
0: Like, he's, he's such a, a good middle player. A middle-of-the-lineup hitter, you know, a classic, you know, where lineups are different now, but that right, classic right. idea of a middle-of-the-lineup hitter, who can be one of your best hitters? I, yeah. I agree with you. Second I, I, best player on the And I thinking. said this before the break, and, and again, he's proved me right a little too quickly, but I expected him to have a month where he just goes off. Well, and, he, does it every, I mean, he, he does it every year. He does it every year. He
1: did it, what? it was, uh, It was the beginning of it was May he went off? Mm-hmm. or no no? He no, just
0: was, gets on runs. He gets locked in.
1: No, it was, he did a terrible May and a really good June.
0: He had a...
1: The May was when he swooned. Well, and then, yeah, and then, and he, then broke he broke the jaw job. and came
0: back in June, and he was, was great. He's yeah. been really good since coming back from the job. Yep. But, uh, yeah, I think you could be excited about Reeves. I think we're, we're starting to see him kind of turn a corner here mm-hmm. offensively. Um, all right, anything else offensively? We'll get to the pitching. Anything else stand out from that series from an offensive perspective? I know Santana hitting the ball a little bit since coming back. Michael Franco, <laughs> I know! He's been awesome.
1: He's... he's He's been really good. He's been really good. He's he, he's covering more the plate it feels like. I I still don't trust him on guys that throw I, mean, I know Jansen throws hard, but guys with like really wicked sliders he just comes out just just it's not competitive, mm-hmm. but he's holding his own. He's he's, been great. he's very much holding his own. It's 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 been impressive. I I'm beginning to trust him. Timely hits too. Timely hits. Yeah. Carlos Santana has a OPS over 1000 with runners in scoring position, uh, but his batting average is 209. So obviously he's not a good player. Like <laughs> obviously he's not a good offensive player if his batting average is 209. Uh and he's driving in runs. Um other things offensively
0: I think Santana in the leadoff hole was interesting. It's interesting.
1: I don't love it, but I, look,
0: I don't love it, but let's put it this way. I like him better as a leadoff hitter than a four hitter.
1: I want I want Jorge Alfaro to to be amazing. So bad because his home run on
0: Well, did you, <laughs> would you did you hear that Statcast put it out that that was the third hardest hit home run they've ever tracked. Dude, it was, it was the first, destroyed. the first two are Jorge Alfaro. Jorge Alfaro has the three hardest hit home runs in the history of Statcast so that, that has, they've
1: ever tracked. So he's he's gonna break Statcast, right? Because he already he has the hardest balls. Of second unbelievable. In time. He's
0: like built for Statcast. Yeah. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, and I it was weird his defensive he, he was rated as the fifth best defensive catcher for fangrass which is i, I don't buy that one i, I, I like i like fangrass the but arm's pretty awesome but let's let's relax there for a second um but yeah yeah alfaro just when that. he
0: gets older one hey I, I love the phrase because i think it's perfect for it but he has light tower power when he gets older one he really does have that elite skill like his power tool is is a 75 or an 80 just the pure power
1: yeah and it's just like maybe start your swing a bit earlier. <laughs> That's maybe all you need to do and you could turn into a middle of the pack Gary Sanchez. Yeah,
0: and look, look, right now even even if he can shore up the defensive stuff, which we've already seen him make a jump I think defensively from what we expected and then you add in the arm, I mean, he could be a top 10 catcher in baseball yeah, with this sure. skill set. Yeah, he yeah, could yeah. be a top 5 catcher in baseball with this skill set yep. if he could develop some consistency on the offensive end.
1: Yeah. Um Nick Williams had a really good at bat the other day. Your boy yeah, he's been, he's been good. Oh, he's the only batting like two and nine in the last like two weeks. But I uh, will not slander Nick Williams anymore. Look at this. He is, he is, this is having momentous. good – All I care is that he has good plate coverage and comes up with big hits in, in a certain amount of time. Um, but the offense, it's just – it's not – it's 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 a they play for the beginning. It's fine. Um, it's not going to blow you away. They need, they need another piece. They need a
0: bat. And we're going to get into that because obviously a new name has come out, Outfielder. I think a name a lot of people know will get to that. Yeah. As well as some of the potential infield options as well. But – Pitching, real quick before we move ahead, Arietta, decent yeah, enough start. Like,
1: that's all we need. <laughs> that's that is all we need out of Jake innings, Arietta. Three,
0: give us a quality start. That's right. what we're asking. We just, for from
1: just don't. No more of the four innings, hundred pitches, and balls all over the place. Like keep us in a ball game. That's all we we'll ask. I'll pay you seventy-five million, please. <laughs> yes. For the love of God, we're
0: doing it anyway.
1: Just just give us six innings and 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 do your job.
0: Yeah, and that's not too much to ask. Interesting enough, uh, you know, you go into this series, you're like Eflin, Nola. Arrieta, you feel really good about those first two. Arrieta, the best start of the three for this series. Uh, You know, Nola, you're not worried about at all. Eflin, though, two straight. One mediocre start in this past one, a bad start against the Dodgers. Any worry in regression, or is this just a bad set of circumstances from a luck perspective No, I think
1: a lot of it had to do with rust, and I think he had to get a lot of cobwebs off him. He hadn't pitched in two weeks, I think, by that point. Uh, Yeah, the
0: blister held him back a little bit. Right,
1: but... Like I've been saying for the last month, like the thing that made him get to the next level was the fact that he's locating that fastball both sides of the plate. And what he did on Monday night was just leaving meatballs right down the middle. And if we're seeing his fastball start to get back towards the middle of the plate, then he's in for big trouble because he's just not the same pitcher. So um, if he, like, obviously, I will count the first start as Russ. It's perfectly fine. Uh, He just needs to make sure he can get back to how he was feeling. Before the blister, and make sure that fastballs both sides of the plate, high, low, mixing it up. Um, but I'm not pressing the panic button
0: yet. I agree, but again, blisters too one of those things that you know as well as anyone for a pitcher. Really bad injury to have something that can yeah. linger, and, and well, it, that's that's
1: the problem with throwing the knuckle curve, and they're they're all spiking their curve now, but it creates a blister because yeah. it's. it's all that pressure, and if you on your... can't
0: get that same pressure, that same grip, and the, the blister is causing even the slightest bit of discomfort, it can really affect how you pitch. affect well, your spin rate, all that type of. It's stuff.
1: gonna leave your, you're just gonna leave your stuff up. Yep. And then it's gonna get crushed. Um, but yeah, no, his fastball is just right down the middle on Monday night, and nothing you do about it. He'll... It
0: also brings up an interesting thing that you've talked about a lot is the amount of innings these young pitchers are pitching. Yep. And are going to be expected to pitch over the long haul. I think probably a good time to dive into some of the trade stuff going around is Jay Happ gets moved today to the New York Yankees being finalized, apparently, to the Yankees, a two-for-one deal. Uh, McKinley is in it, and I can't remember the other player in the deal brandon drew might be in the deal i don't know I what like, that doesn't they're they're
1: they're piping up brandon drew like he's
0: a prospect uh, it's crazy the it's guy's like 30 years Head. old for christ's sake it's, offered... it's absurd c- c- he couldn't even win the third base job miguel anduar got it like that he was supposed to be their opening day third baseman and miguel anduar who's played really well but was nothing at that time and, and beat him out for that job they did not expect him to take the leap that quickly but yes yeah, so cashman J- or theo jay I, I okay all right. Let's Cashman ad- or Theo? Let's address this real quick, because you're the, the world's biggest Theo-hater, and it is so strange <laughs> to me. Look, I get it. I think if we're talking purely just pure uh, GM ability, I understand why you would take Cashman. I think that that is a fair take, but at the same time, like Theo Epstein stewarded the two franchises that had never won the World Series. He ended up... 200 years of futility and sadness and frustration. I've said cool. this before, I'll say it again. I think what Theo Epstein did is the greatest accomplishment in our lifetime as sports fans. History,
1: That's what I think. History of the world. Theo Epstein. Abe Lincoln will take I Theo will take, So
0: So I will take <laughs> Theo Epstein to run my franchise over Brian Cashman. How about that? I would give
1: Brian Cashman ownership stake.
0: Yeah. Look, Cashman's been doing it a really long time. He's done a really good job. I think Cashman deserves... All the credit in the world for what he did a few years ago. He's turned
1: this team well, look, from what he, yeah. depleted assets into like...
0: Into one of the best farm systems in baseball. Into a, a team that is, you know what, 60-something wins already. Like, has been awesome yeah. this year. And again, you go back a few deadlines ago. Actually, when the Phillies were moving Cole Hamels, when they traded him to the Rangers. The two players, that deadline, the cashman said, I am not trading for pieces. They were in the Hamels' sweepstakes. They were in other sweepstakes. Aaron Judge, Luis Severino. And
1: Sanchez. I mean, but
0: those were the two guys that he refused to move, that he was asked about ad nauseum, Refused to move them. That worked out. And it doesn't always work out, but I'm, I'm with you. is a really that's good a, GM.
1: I think that's a good place to look at the Phillies from this hundred
0: percent agree. That was the the example I kept using when people were freaking out about, oh, give up six-tone, give up blah, whatever. It doesn't matter. It does matter. Yeah. It does. Just because you don't know these prospects, just because they're maybe not a household name, doesn't mean that they can't become something that is going to be a real massive piece for you in the future
1: having organizational depth and 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 really solid players all throughout it it helps in trades and you don't get rid of elite prospects you just don't do it like you don't put six of sanchez in a deal for a rental if you want to like it's just it was it was always ridiculous i'm glad that Clensack didn't jump in um and i think Show looking at looking at the yankees model i think is an interesting model yeah, they could be that because they are building that kind of farm system. Like the Phillies' farm system is legit, uh, and they also have the money.
0: It's great. Uh, it, they are in a very unique position like that. And granted, they don't have some of the higher end guys like LeBar Torres, a top three or four prospect in baseball before yeah. he got called up. Um, they don't have a guy like that in their system, but Sixto could be that theoretically from a pitching side. Mm-hmm. But regardless, what Cashman's done out there, both building a a roster that can compete aggressively compete now and also have a lot of pieces either to trade or to help fortify them in the futures. Very impressive. But you know what, Jack? Screw the Yankees. Don't care about the Yankees. Let's talk some Phillies. So, half off the market. Let's start with starting pitcher, then we'll work our way down to the bats. Um, so, Cole Hamels still on the board as it is. Has not pitched well, Phillies fans. But I think there are a lot of Phillies fans still happy to potentially see Hamels come back. Um, some of the controlled starters been thrown on the market lately. There's been a lot of Chris Archer buzz out there. Yep. Um, Jacob Degrom. I don't think they move him, but that <laughs> no. is a name that's been been out there. As yeah. they need a haul to get, that's the kind of guy you trade six to four if you're right. really going to trade for someone. That's I don't think of guy they the, move him. The Yankees should
1: give everything. Exactly.
0: <laughs> like. But all right. So how do you assess this starting pitcher market? And and to your point before about all the innings, we we say, oh, they don't need a starter, but they might.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, Area is the only guy on this roster or on the starting staff that that's... has pitched over 200 innings. No one else has done it yet. Velasquez threw 73 innings last year. Um, Pavetta, you know he made he made all the starts, but he didn't get to 200 innings. Aaron, um, I think pitched 170 something last year, so none of these guys have thrown over 200 innings in a season. And obviously, you have the, the arm issues with Velasquez and all that. So while wow, it's been great, and while it's that you you on paper it's like well we don't really need a starter, they do need a starter. They need someone that they can kind of trust that can be a four or five, or if you go get Archer, be your two or three. Um, and and make sure you're not running these guys into the ground or put Pivetta in the bullpen one of those two. Um I mean I just saw Joel Sherman just come out and said the Cubs are making inroads to land Cole Hamels. So I I'm, I'm just done with Cole Hamels like I don't want Cole Hamels on this team. Like he's just he's not, he's not good anymore.
0: He's been really he bad. He's
1: doing the exact opposite of what he did uh heading into the trade deadline in 2016. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. You're
0: absolutely right. So
1: um I mean like maybe if you basically if you trade for Cole Hamels you're betting on him getting back here, getting out of Arlington Ballpark, National and, League, and putting all that him type in a up. pennant run, and hoping that he can recreate some of that magic. But from what I've seen, the fastball's flat; it's leaning, it's it's leaking out towards the middle of the plate again. Uh, he's not he's not able to get into to righties anymore. He's he's leaving out of the the plate, and guys like Jonathan Lucroy, who aren't even good hitters, are taking him yep. tank shots for 400 feet or right to center field. Um, I, I would, I'm actually. Growing more interest in Chris Archer. Like I've long not really been a big Chris Archer yeah. guy. Yeah, but I
0: remember standing for Chris Archer right. and
1: coming back at me. Right. So, so like th- it's weird because his peripherals are always amazing. A always great K- every single year. FIP, K per nine, all that stuff is great. But he's actually not pitching that well. Like yeah. it's 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 the ERA is still four three for the last mm-hmm. five years. uh Besides what the one he had the one really good year. Right. Yep. Um. But here's the thing, is that with Nola emerging as the ace, Arietta hopefully six innings less than four three runs. Uh, Archer can come in here and just help facilitate a rotation. And I think getting him out of the AL East would be massive for his upside, putting him in the NL East where he can just face <laughs> like the Marlins and the Mets. Yeah, I think that for goes sure. a long way. His K per 9 numbers are still ridiculous. Um I wouldn't put Sixto in a deal. I wouldn't put Hazley. Uh, I may put Hazley in a deal.
0: Whoa. I don't know, Coming man. Like, from dude, you. Dude, it's a, che- a
1: cheap contract for the next you, three.
0: It's an amazing th- guy. Got- it's, an- it's potentially, if he pitches close to what his ability is, it could be like one of the best contracts in baseball.
1: I think there's a lot of people nervous about Chris Archer because his numbers, his ERA isn't great. But he's coming to the NL East and leaving the AL East. I think that that helps him immensely. He's got all the talent. All the talent. I I don't know if I put Hazley in the deal. I would think about putting Hazley in the deal. And there's been some weird Hazley stuff. Like, Hazley's had been insanely hot at double A. He's been white hot. It's been, he's, he's crushing the ball. And back to back days from fan graphs and another thing I, uh, I think uh, top 1500 prospects.com what, or whatever was, I was looking at. Like, scouts view him as like a fourth outfielder. And I just want to be like, what are you? What, are, like, what am I? Like, what am I yeah, missing? Yeah,
0: it's surprising. And it's
1: probably because the power—the power hasn't been there yet. And I understand because he has like a really small load, and you can't really see the full like attack. But I think he's gonna be really good. Um, I don't know, but I would be really interested in Archer because everything else in the market, I don't love. Like
0: Danny Duffy, I think would be interesting. And apparently, the the Royals said that they're not going to trade Duffy. Who knows? Could be posturing, but. Yeah, yeah, but like who another else? another good contract is a, a right. way to look at it. But like hobby.
1: who who else is out there that would even really make sense? Like I thought Hap would have been a good guy you can get on a cheap uh, rental type. rental kind yeah. of guy that that helps you right now. Listen, if they want to swing big, they want to be bold. Archer's probably the guy.
0: Yeah, I think so too. And when you look again, it's time for three more years, you have real control over this guy. He's someone who can come in and help you in this run now and uh-huh. be a part of the future as well. And to your point as well. How about this? The fact that we've spent all season hyping up Rick Kranitz and the job this pitching staff, coaching staff has done. Bring Archer in here. Give him the chance to work with these guys.
1: Thank you very much for bringing that up because I was sitting on something this morning (laughs) and I completely forgot about it until that exact second. What about Gosman?
0: Get Gosman in here. Well, they they're talking about. I it. know
1: they're talking about moving. I on would from...
0: trade for Kevin Gosman in a Listen, second. I'm just. I think he he's he's the exact type of uh, guy you're just talking about. I know. someone who just has not lived up to that talent, but has shown in stretches like his second half last year. He has shown in stretches that when he's on, he's really on. Like Gosman
1: is infuriating, and I really don't like him. But he's really talented. He's so talented, and I think if you get him out of that slop down in Baltimore, who like. They're just now implementing uh, analytic departments yeah. and stuff. Oh,
0: Baltimore is is as far behind as any organization it's, in the
1: sport. It's it's like watching the twenty fifteen Phillies all over again. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I feel so bad for them because by that point, all of us were like, "Oh my god, can you please, yep. please implement some analytics?" Uh, Gosman's the kind of guy that like if you go get him, it's a buy it's a the bias low as possible. Um, and if if he can figure it out, you're getting a top of the line starter. And they they the the Cubs did this with Arietta, Obviously, you you bring Gosman here. He was in the the Orioles system with Joe Jordan, all those guys. Yep. And you get him with Rick Kranitz, who might be legitimately the really Rick Kranitz Really, like he's the been
0: the next Dave Duncan. Rick Kranitz.
1: He has been the most. Underappreciated. I totally agree with you. Philly, like, in-
0: I can't believe it. All the guy done, like, he's done such a great job, and was part of the staff last year too as the assistant pitching coach. Mm-hmm. You have to give him a little credit well, for developing well, these guys like along the way. Bob McClure. Bob McClure. Seriously, what up, Bob? We're we're we're, we're, <laughs> we're suppressing Rick Kranitz for <laughs> Bob McClure. <laughs> Jesus, what are we doing here? Yeah, well, Pete McCannon has his guys. Uh, Fritz, come Pete, on.
1: Pete, I Miss Pete McCannon, interim um, Pete. Um, I'm just. I'm interested. I would be interested in, in trying to get a guy like Gosman. I think Bundy would probably cost more.
0: I think Bundy would cost
1: more. He's um, pitched better. Right. I, there is some interest. I would. Be, I'm interested to see what they do. Like from a reclamation project standpoint, I, I'm. I'm interested. Like Gosman, Carlos Rodon, maybe. Maybe they're ready to move on from sure. him a little bit. Very talented. Um, if you're, they might have to get creative. Is the point. Like, you might have to get creative because there's not that controllable – there's not that rental started on the market now that Hap's gone, and there's not that controllable guy outside of Archer.
0: All right, let's move on to some relief pitchers. I know a lot of people have been starting to bug out a little bit as the relief pitcher market is starting to – to cool Joakim Soria, the latest to be traded, he got traded too. Got traded I go today. in the car for
1: an hour. Yeah,
0: to those, <laughs> I love that I'm just breaking all this news to you. Uh, Joachim Soria traded to the Brewers today, so he is off the That's board. Such a
1: Brewers move. It is such a Brewers <laughs> move.
0: Uh, I mean, but you know what? That thing with the Brewers is they have the back end of the bullpen pretty set up. So what, what, are they,
1: why, what do they? You're trading Soria mean, to be a middle of a
0: middle for. of the rotation guy, not too bad, or middle the bullpen guy. Um, so Mark Feinstein puts out this tweet just to throw a few names at you. Was Soria joining Herrera, Cologne? Britton, Familia, Hannon Chavez, relievers on the move. The remaining batch available includes Rysel Iglesias, which we've talked about would a cost bunch. a ton. It a, a ton. Obviously the best name on the bunch. But then some other names we've talked about, Fernando Rodney, I've mentioned a fair amount. Keone Kella, the closer for the Rangers. Yeah. Um, Zach Duke. I didn't even know Zach Duke was still pitching. Get out. Addison Reed. <laughs> Kirby Yates, of course, would be a great buy, I think, for them. The Kyle Barraclo, Drew Steckenrider. Cur- oh, my God. <laughs> Kirby Yates, a right-handed pitcher. For the Padres. Um, Drew Ryder, Adam Conley is a left hander. Uh Conley, I uh, he throws a few other names in there, Tyler Clippard, Sergio Romo, Jake Diekman. Wait, hold on. Formerly of the Phillies. Did you
1: see well here's the thing about the here's the thing that I've I've come to with the with the relievers market, is that like it's out of control. The, the 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 Marlins are asking for Michael Chavis or Jason Groom for a
0: second rider for a second it was rider. like are you out of your mind
1: like dude i dude, start converting all the starters i hang up the
0: phone immediately oh my like,
1: click <laughs> like i'm sorry but i i would love another reliever here i'm with you the market is weird just just develop guys they have this guy down they have a lefty down in the minor leagues right now who's absolutely killing it and probably would be one of their best lefty relievers if he's brought him up uh, I forget his last name, but listen, there's a guy who calls here who's re- like Wayne in Ocean City. Is I love le- Wayne. He's a legitimately smart baseball guy. I love
0: Wayne. Wayne's a good dude. And
1: he's, inter- he's interesting. But um, like, just develop, guys. I am not interested in paying a premium for like a guy like Derek Secondrider, who's really good. Drew Secondrider. Drew Secondrider, uh, who's really good. But it's just that's a crazy price to pay. It's, it's, insane. A, it's an insane price to pay. Um, I don't know what Kirby Yates is going to cost. He would be interesting. Did the Reds put Amir Garrett on the table or no?
0: Not that I've seen. Garrett's an interesting name. Obviously a yeah, starter turn reliever, which happens a fair amount. I think that That's if all I, the Reds do, yeah, I, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> if I had to guess, I would guess they still have plans to make him a starter at some point. Would be my guess. Too much upside there, yeah. I think, as a starter, but a really look, good reliever. Yeah, if Amir, if Amir Garrett's on the table, I, I but I think again, if Steckenrider is costing that, which, right. Garrett could have cost. Same idea. I
1: think the the, the reliever market is just... It's crazy. It's gone crazy. And I know most fans, not listeners of the High Host podcast, are going to freak out when the Phillies don't really make a big move for a bullpen piece. But if if it's going to cost you a top-five prospect, then that's just bad team building. I'm sorry. I I agree with you. And the bullpen's been legitimately That's what I was
0: about to go to. I mean, you see what the bullpen has done. Really, this whole month, the whole month of July, they've been absolutely outstanding. We saw it again in that 16-inning game, just... They won the game because the bullpen was able to keep it up and keep going. Then for eight innings or ten innings of shutout ball or whatever Austin it was, Davis. That's my guy. Gritting it out. I love Austin Davis. He's gritting it out. I, I, I... I feel like he pitches well every time I watch him pitch. i, I I'm just That's so, just the way I feel about Austin Davis.
1: I'm so glad that Nishak threw those 13 pitches and then couldn't help them out. Couldn't help them out the
0: yeah, d- don't count on Pat Nishak ever like, coming through for you if you need it. Like, I, I,
1: I love that Tommy Hunter throws two innings on Monday night, has to come back Tuesday, grits it out, pitches well, and Nishak can't go – he pitches 13 pitches and can't yep. throw on Wednesday. Yeah. He is absurd. Uh, Tommy Hunter. Where's the trust level? Uh-oh. Because it's I think he's good. I think Tommy Hunter's good. I'm sorry. I have been squatting on that take for a well, little while Well, here's now. the thing. Tommy, he's good. Like, He's legitimately.
0: He, he was good. Like last year, the year before, Tommy Hunter was a really good pitcher. When they signed him, you and I, I'm sure, go check the High Hopes oh, yeah, tapes. Yeah. We love the signing. Well,
1: because he, he had the same exact peripheral numbers as Brandon Morrow. And Brandon Morrow got paid by the Cubs to be their closer, and he's really good. Tommy Hunter is a is a he's he it seems like he's rounding into form. He is still nasty against lefties. Like lefties don't touch the guy. It's the cutters in, and it's just it's game over. Um I'm beginning to trust him more. Um Sir Anthony, they can't pitch him. Here's the here's what they have to do. Is that they can't pitch Sir Anthony on back-to-back days. Because on the second day, his numbers are just bad. Like, you can it, see it, it. It's not the same pitcher. You can just see it. It's 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 tough because he's a starter turning into a bullpen. Piece. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's just it's the nature of the business. They need one more shutdown guy like nishak shutdown but he's not like saranthi i agree down.
0: with you they need one more guy they could put in any situation right. and you feel confident though i will say victor Rano getting back to being the Vic. guy we thought he was he's been great again and and started the season we all were were victor Rano's legit and then injured came back wasn't quite as good i think victor Rano maybe someone <laughs> we can count on as well all uh right.
1: well, hold on one name i want to throw by Ooh. you i want to see what you think By low on toby Canley. The, the,
0: yeah, I would do that he's in a second. In
1: AAA, he's striking out striking out forty percent of his batters. Uh, he, uh, Just get him here.
0: Yeah, he was great for the Yankees yeah. last year. And now Al- they also well, the stuff his, is there.
1: It's not his fault that they brought in Zach Britton. It's not David his Robertson. fault that they have the
0: greatest bullpen in the history of baseball. <laughs> right. I say that without any equivocation, any question. The Yankees right now have the best bullpen that certainly I've ever seen in my yeah. life. Mm-hmm. It's absurd. It's ridiculous. They added Zach Britton to it. Like, what the hell? Um, all right, to the bats. Uh, name comes out this week uh yesterday. Indians and the Phillies, the front yep. runners for that, Adam Jones, Fritzy. Thoughts? Uh
1: the power's pretty much gone. Um, I mean, he's he hit he's hit ten homers this year. He's batting two seventy-seven. So basically he's a singles hitter. Um I I like it from the standpoint that he's one of the best clubhouse guys in the league. Mm-hmm. He can he would be playing right field, so his defense would automatically improve. He's not the same. You know, he's not the same. He used field. to
0: be a great center fielder. He's not the same. Anymore.
1: Not it's it's basically like adding a younger, over the hill Tory
0: Hunter. Sure. It's, I think that's and, a good comeback, actually. And
1: Torrey Hunter was a a viable player for the last like three years. He was a part of winning teams for the last three years of his career. I think Adam Jones can can bring a le- a level of leadership to this clubhouse, uh, accountability to this clubhouse, a a a win a win now ish thing to this clubhouse. Uh, But if you're expecting him to be the Adam Jones from three years ago or two years ago, like he's not gonna be that guy. No. He is a platoon bat that he's basically gonna be what Aaron Altair was supposed to be. Was
0: supposed to be. He would platoon with Williams. I agree with you. I think that's the move if you bring him in here. And and I think it makes a lot of sense. You look at this team right now, I don't think he should cost much in the last year of his deal. I mean, the one you look at the way this this bench is shaving up, and we'll oh. get in, it's a bad bench, Oh, dude.
1: And then on top of Trevor
0: Plouffe, Trevor Plouffe. <laughs> you mean Mr. Sixteenth Inning, Trevor Plouffe? Uh, but even with that in mind, it, it's not just a bad bench, but it's a bench without an outfielder. Yep. When they send Aaron Altear down, they do not have a single guy who can play the outfield. I know Plouffe has been out there a couple times. <laughs> they don't have a single guy who can play the outfield. So whether it's Adam Jones or someone else like that, I think adding an outfielder, unless.
1: Well, what, what do you think about Granderson?
0: Uh, fine. Same exact same idea, but except he, he's a left hand hitter. I would rather have Adam Jones and Granderson. Right. All else equal.
1: like Granderson won't cost as much.
0: Granderson will not. But, Granderson's 37 years old. He's over though. Granderson's a real platoon at bat. Like, like. Adam Jones, if he were your everyday outfielder, you could be okay. Yeah, Curtis Granderson cannot play the outfield every day.
1: No, that's where he can't. he's at
0: in his career. He adds you a little bit of pop off the bench. I would. I'm not a huge Granderson guy just because I don't think the fit is perfect. They don't really need a left-handed outfield bat as much nope. as they need a right field, out, a right-handed hitting outfield bat. But. Um, I, look, I, I think they need another outfielder. So yep. someone who's a veteran who's been around who can come in and give you some good at-bats, I'm, I'm good with. I, I don't need to see Mitch Walding batting again. <laughs> I just don't need to see that guy hitting in a major league game anymore. <laughs> I'm mean, done with
1: it. I mean, I don't even think Mitch Walding wants yeah, to be out there. Yeah, I think
0: Mitch is good. I'm like, all right, I'm not going to get a hit anyway. Let's... <laughs> like, like, um, all all right. Right. Well,
1: I think if I could map out my perfect deadline.
0: Yeah, well, like, infield, like, real quick, and, and then we'll right, get right, to okay, your perfect okay. deadline because two names, I think, have kind of – Made the most sense throughout this process. One a little bit more expensive than the other. Eduardo Escobar, I think, probably yep. the name that makes the most sense, can play third third and short for you. Yep. He can play either position. Uh, is having a really good season, a breakout-type season, even though he's 29 years old. And I think on a kind of a step down, also having a great season, but wouldn't cost as much as Dribble Gabrera, that same type of guy who can play pretty much any position, the infield switch hitting bat type of thing. Those two names and anyone else in the infield kind of mix that stands out to you.
1: Yeah, uh well, Santana it's weird. So I, I I thought the same way you did that he can play short third, second, all that. But I've been looking at some Mets boards and stuff and they're saying he can't But you're talking about? Yeah, he can pretty much only play short second base now. Like he, he doesn't oh, have the really? same because he, he, w- he was
0: a short the majority mm-hmm. of his career. I would've assumed he could still play third short, I wasn't sure about You, you would think he can
1: still play third. Maybe in a pinch, maybe right. get him here and whatever figure it out. Like there's been it's been weird. So you would bring up his Drupal on, on Twitter or whatnot, and people would be like, No, he saw he's bad and I I I would take him I don't care that it's an outlier se- season I would take him for cheap and I think he can help spell Kingery if he struggles even though yesterday was a really nice step forward for Kingery yeah, um he, he actually hit a home run Well, he hit the home Miracles run Miracles do happen He almost hit the second home run. Yeah. The, the second home run was almost or the second almost home run was actually I thought more impressive than the, the first one. Um it was cuz cuz he <laughs> caught up to a curveball which I've never seen him do. <laughs> um but it was a nice, it was a nice day for Kingery. I I I don't want to bring in a guy that's going to hurt his development like i would rather i want to see kingery play for yeah, this we've been through this i know i know um but i would go after eduardo escobar just because he can play short and third if uh, i think franco's what he's doing right now is great i don't trust it completely if he becomes a falter at all eduardo's right there if kingery struggles then you can put in our eduardo i just think that i don't want to like the, the phillies are legitimately in a position to win the division like, it's not this just, is my argument. I'm with you. It's not it's not just getting to the wildcard game and playing the one game. You can game. win the
0: division. You, you could be playing a, a seven game series off the bat.
1: Yeah. And I think if you bring in Eduardo Escobar, it it, it, it won't
0: kill it you. It makes you better.
1: It won't kill There's you for no the argument. It won't kill you for the future, and it'll it'll help you now. It'll help you win now. Um I'm in on that. I'm in on that idea of Eduardo Escobar. Strubble is just like fine, but I think Eduardo is the move.
0: Yeah. Uh, look, Eduardo, I've, I've long been a fan of Eduardo Escobar. I own him in the fantasy league we're in together. Nice. Um, but, yeah, I think Eduardo makes a ton of sense. By the he's, way, I picked up Matt Carpenter
1: off the waivers. Did you really?
0: Ago. Yeah. Well, that worked out. Yeah, he's been the best there in the NFL. Oh, my God. He's yeah. been amazing. Yeah, that picked, worked out. Someone put him on the waivers. But I was like, what are gigantic. you doing? He, to be fair, he was atrocious to <laughs> was start terrible. the season. But still, it's worked out well. Yeah, just a bit. Especially um, last week. Um... So yeah, so I think so. Your perfect deadline is
1: perfect deadline is you get Eduardo Escobar for the the third base and and shortstop capability that he has because I think that ups your your team from day one. You go get Adam Jones. You give him Derek Hall. You give him Derek Hall for Adam Jones or some uh, some of that because the 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 Phillies have a Rule Five problem and they're gonna have to start protecting guys yep. that are talented or, or not protecting guys that are talented mm-hmm. like Derek Hall. It's what the Yankees are going through right now as well. That's why they're able to make all these deals. Because they can just throw these guys in, that they're not going to protect in the, 40, in the rule five draft. Derek Hall fits that category. They're going to have to move him at this deadline, I would think. Um, so move him in an Adam Jones deal. He's a perfect Oriole. <laughs> he's, mm-hmm. he's a he's a big bat that you know still strikes out and hits like two fifty. Yeah, sure. Um, so I think that makes a lot of sense. Get Eduardo Escobar, get Adam Jones, and then get like Craig Stammen yeah. or just or Jared Hughes from Cincinnati, just like a, a fine reliever, and I'm good. Okay. I'm good. If you I, want to make the big splash for Archer, go for it.
0: I agree with you. That but, would be my perfect deadline as well. Give me a an infield bat, an outfield bat, and somebody to throw in the bullpen. Yeah, I think that's without giving up too much.
1: That's a perfectly fine deadline, Matt Klentzak, If you do that, high hopes, and the crowd will be very happy. The listeners to the WIP might not be happy. Yeah, but, but we got you. What matters is that. We're
0: happy. We got you. That's the key <laughs> to all of it. All right, uh, and of course we'll be all over the deadline coming oh, up and yeah. emergency Listen, pods. We will emergency pod ready to go the
1: ish out of an Eduardo I'm, Escobar trade. I was trade. born
0: for emergency pods. It's, it's especially in Eduardo it's Escobar what I live trade. For. All right, uh, Fritz. Real quickly, we're going to look at Deranger Suarez in this weekend coming up, but you can't cheer Chase Utley when he gets a hit in the twelfth inning. I cannot <laughs> believe. The takes that have been coming out of this radio station all over the place. I have zero problem with cheering Chase Utley as he steps up to the plate. Cool. Awesome. He's my favorite player ever, by the way, while I'm saying this.
1: As he is mine.
0: Yes, my favorite. He gets a hit. He could be the winning run. He represents the winning run. Getting on base in the 12th inning of a game that I think that when we look back at it, could be a season-defining win for this team. And people are cheering him getting on base in the 12th inning. Not okay, Jack. No,
1: and what sucks about it is that everyone's like, "I just, I think, I don't think people care enough about this team," which makes me so mad because like this team's in first place, and they're booing the pitcher who's trying to pick Chase Utley
0: off. You're booing your own
1: team. I know.
0: I couldn't. I was. I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed by it.
1: I. I. I too was embarrassed. I. I did not like it at all because it's just like, it's just so not aware. Like I understand what Chase Utley, like. Meanings no, here. no, ever yeah. athlete, no other athlete in this town will ever be bigger than Chase Utley for me. Like he is the guy, like the god,
0: or but, the man, you might say. Right, and, 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 and like it's just,
1: it's it's so bad situational awareness to to give the guy a a rounding applause for getting a hit against your team in extra innings of a game that you
0: that you need to win. That you that matters, that matters. And here's the biggest part that I've said to multiple people: I guarantee you, Chase Utley did not want you cheering him getting a hit in that situation if he were a Philly. If he were a Philly in the flipped around, he would have been pissed off yes. that that his fan base was cheering that dude who got a hit that could have beaten your and, team.
1: And what's the, what does it say about the guys on this team? Like That's what makes me the most mad is that these young guys are going to see that and be like, Yo, I'm right here. Yo. Luis Garcia. What the hell, bro? Like, really? You're going to boo me who I'm trying to win a game for I'm you? I'm just trying to win a game. What are, you, what are we
0: talking about here?
1: It, 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 the fans cared more about Utley than they cared about the team, and I was, I was
0: upset about that. I couldn't agree more. It made me so mad. I can- All right. If Let, he hit a home run, what are you going to do? That's what I said. People, would you have cheered the home run? How about if he gets on first base and then he scores the winning run? You cheer in that? It's just the, the argument that, well, it didn't end up making a difference doesn't cut it because you no. cheered in the moment and you didn't know what was going to happen.
1: So we nipped that right in the bud.
0: Thank you. Fritzy, Ranger Suarez. Uh,
1: so Ranger Suarez, he had a 0.7, .57, 0.57 innings in Lehigh, Lehigh. Valley. Um,
0: two, seven, six, I believe, in double-A prior to that.
1: Right, and he was also, like, his first start was in, like, 35 degrees. And he got, oh, okay, and then like, a bad one. That's and good. And like, it was, like, seven. or two. So been
0: even better than that. Right,
1: right, right. So um, he doesn't walk anyone. He is, like, a couple years ago, he was famed as the guy that had a 78 to 1 K to walk ratio.
0: Not bad. Pretty
1: good. It's okay. Um, <laughs> so uh, he... Very
0: Cliff lee of him.
1: Not huge strikeout numbers, but... Um, he's he's gonna he's, he's gonna, not
0: a he's not a velocity guy right he's not a, he's more of a deception type of lefty but he's been up to 92 and 95 right.
1: so it's not like he doesn't it's have increased. a
0: it's increased the, the velocity's increased over the last year plus or so three
1: three pitches he can control Um, doesn't walk anyone not gonna really strike out big numbers I think You know, I think last year he was like eighty-one innings, seventy-eight strikeouts, or something like that.
0: I think he might even been less than that. So, (laughs) yeah, I think this year in his seventy-five innings in Double A or whatever, he had like fifty-four strikeouts. But very,
1: very sound mechanics. Um, nothing crazy. Kind of like, kind of Liriano-ish, but not as, not as wild. Coming out of the like his arm, much more control. Yeah, he doesn't short arm it like Liriano tried to. Um, but I'm excited. I'm excited. He. I think he, like, I think he's better than Jojo Romero, and I know Jojo Romero has been up to uh, forty. Number. Like yeah. Keith Law had him at 49. 49
0: overall. Right, which I thought was a little So second much. in the Phillies system, according to Keith Law.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Suarez, like, uh, according to all the managers and pitching coaches on AA and AAA, just a great locker room guy. He's a, he's a guy that other players in the locker room look up to because of his work ethic. And he would just come in the clubhouse and just be smiling. And I think that's really a positive thing to have around this team. Uh, I'm excited. I think he can stick. However, I'm I, I wonder if it's a showcase start. For the deadline, oh, it's interesting. Like, I, I, it, yeah, I good know. Question. I know the Orioles loved him in the Machado slash Britain deal. That's interesting. So I wonder if it's a one for one Adam Jones or like I, I'm kind of interested in in Ranger Suarez for Adam Jones and Michael Givens.
0: Yeah, that be. I mean, Givens controlled as well. Not having not his having best year, but really talented. Should be next. Yeah, and he was last year. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah.
1: So maybe there's something there. Maybe that's why they're pitching him tonight. Regardless, regardless, I'm, I'm very excited for Rangers.
0: Yeah, Suarez. I am too. And again, it'll be fun to see a lefty start a game for yeah, the colors. yeah, Yeah, it'll be I, weird. It's going to take a little bit to yeah, get used to. but it'll but... be fun. And, and I'm with you, I think. Uh, and again, man, what a great name. This team has the best names. Yeah. We got Sir Anthony Dominguez, Ranger Suarez, and De Los Santos. Like, well, I mean, it's fun. you're leaving the GOAT off. The to, to GOAT to is Sir Anthony, but well, no, no, no. no. Sixto Sanchez. Oh, yeah, it's a great name too. I think Sir Anthony Dominguez is a better name. Now pitching for the Phillies. <laughs> <laughs> Number Rangers- 45. I, God, we can't under. That's a really good Dan Baker. Sixto Sanchez. That's a very good Dan Baker. I, I've,
1: I, James, I'm not kidding you. I have dreamt about the day that Dan Baker oh, announces Sixto Sanchez.
0: I'm not kidding you. You've said that to me before. <laughs> yeah. So, But Ranger Suarez, let's not underrate what a great name that no, is. No,
1: it's a great name and a really good pitcher and a guy that. I think he can stick. I think he can stick. Ninety-two to ninety-five doesn't walk anyone that plays.
0: So much young talent in this system. It's really exciting. I know. It may not they may not be the sexy names. Exactly. It's not all top one hundred prospects, but it's like top one twenty, top one thirty, top forty. Like they got a lot of really good prospects. They just may not be the the highest end guys that are I out. I think
1: Reese topped at forty four. He did. And. Like everyone watching minor leagues, like this guy's going to be a stud. Mm-hmm. So you know, I, I like the pro- I love prospects, but it's sometimes you can only
0: put so much stock in those types of rankings. Right. Everyone has like, their J.P. own biases. Well, look, a perfect example, Haskins. yes, and looking at a perfect example is the fact that Keith Law has JoJo Romero as his number forty-nine prospect overall in all of baseball, and Baseball America has him as the sixth best prospect in the Philly system. Yep. So it, there's just so much variation. Yeah, and based on the eye. All right, Fritzy, a uh, big series coming up against. Those Cincinnati Reds who are hot. Are hot. hot. Like four and six, hot. I think, in their last ten. But prior to that, since that like first month-plus when they've been awful, better than 500 baseball since then. they played really good baseball. Any thoughts on this series heading up here, a four-game set in Cincinnati?
1: Yeah, I mean, the bullpen's good. they got Jared Hughes, Michael Lorenzen, uh, Amir Garrett, obviously Rossio yeah, So yeah. It's, It'll be tough to score runs late in games. The starting staff's nothing special. Um, go after those guys. Uh, try to attack early. I know their their mantra is to
0: it's like guys like Anthony Desclafani and whatnot.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um. So so don't don't try to play for the bullpen because the bullpen's pretty good. Is my main thing. Um, They have Eugenio Suarez. They have a good lineup. They have a good, fun team. They have a very
0: good lineup. Joey Votto. Joey Votto. Jose Peraza's having a nice year. I mean, they've been good.
1: They have my least favorite player in fantasy baseball, Billy Hamilton. Billy Hamilton.
0: (laughs) So your boy, Tyler Maley on the hill tonight against Suarez. Nice young arm. has had some bad starts, some good starts. Matt Harvey we get to see. Harvey Day? three, and then Luis Castillo, who's had a very disappointing season. Man, for Luis a very Castillo, talented
1: kid. Luis Castillo coming into the season was like draft the him top mystery ten, mystery,
0: exciting breakout guy. Terrible.
1: Um, Tyler Maylie, I like Maylie. So I like him too. But what I so last night I was watching Tyler Skaggs, and Maylie falls into the same category. And this one's is, a
0: righty, one's a lefty. Though.
1: Right, right, right. But this is where Vince Velasquez was. So, so Tyler Skaggs has. 94 from left side and a hammer curveball, but doesn't have that third pitch that can separate him from other pitchers. May Lee is just a fastball guy with like average off-speed stuff, so guys just eventually get used to his fastball. What's made Vince Velasquez take the next step in his development is that he actually has a, like a third pitch that is going to get people off of his fastball. Anyway, minor side tangent. How, Ty, but I was just thinking about Tyler Skaggs and Tyler Maley falls into that category. And my continued impression with Vince Velasquez.
0: All right, Fritz, any final thoughts for you? I do have a here? final
1: thought. So last night, James, I was watching the White Sox Angels, and guess who comes on the mound? But Chris Volstead.
0: Chris Volstead! Chris
1: Volstead, who is trash. And I cannot believe... Chris Volstead
0: still in the major leagues. Which
1: should, which should never
0: be the case. So, um, Famed trade between me and my brother the first years in our fantasy league that everyone got so mad about when I traded him Adam LaRoche for chris volstadt and you know what that trade mattered nothing yeah. it, it was me as they're like brothers are colluding well, we gave him chris volstadt it was like chris volstadt anyway right. that's my so, chris volstadt memory
1: so so it got me thinking about players that ryan howard has dominated his entire career okay so let me just rattle off these career numbers <laughs> against chris volstadt eight homers which most of most against any pitcher in the entire sport uh uh, a 519 batting average it's okay and an ops of over 2000
0: whoa yeah.
1: so Ryan Howard you
0: don't see a 2000 ops too often
1: it just it was nice seeing chris volstead again it was like seeing an old friend
0: <laughs> yeah i'm sure ryan howard would feel that way too. <laughs> ryan howard might actually still be able to home run chris volstead I it's set that volstead up that for charity or something i like that it's chris volstead
1: idea. versus ryan howard for one more last time all right my final if thought ha- if chase haley can get all this stuff this right? weekend Bring in Chris Volstead and yeah. Ryan Howard for they'd a little probably, charity.
0: They probably boo Ryan Howard when he came <laughs> out. That's how we've treated poor Ryan Howard over the years. <laughs> Listen,
1: got to go, go down as so underappreciated.
0: Underappreciated. Shout out to Ryan Howard. Uh, final thought, rate and review the podcast. It makes Jack so happy. It yes. makes him so happy. It, I can't only... even tell you. I'll just get texts from him with copies of reviews and all that. So do it for Fritz. Um, enjoy uh, Cephilias baseball this weekend. Fritz and I'll be back to talk to you on Sunday after the Phillies sweep four games to the Reds. How about that, Fritzy?
1: Mm, I like after it. After the
0: Phillies take three out of four games to the Reds this weekend. That's what
1: I'm talking about. All right, we'll they, talk. they don't sweep series. They can only win three. Yeah, or, there they can only you. take two or three or three, three or 4 take
0: three four here. That'll be fine. Two against the Red Sox coming up after that, so we'll preview oh, that as well. Showdown. So a lot. And, of course, trade deadline, all that stuff. We got you covered. So for Jack Fritz, I'm James Seltzer. See you guys later.